0: we're not hiding the fact that we're real and we disagree. And sometimes we don't have our best attitude going forward or believe in the truth. So we might as well finish this in front of you, however, that's going to go. Right. you know. And we've had yeah. times exactly like that. And we've had times too, where like people could just kind of read the room, like myself or someone else was like, you know, not in a great mood or whatever, which, you know, that's normal. We're not all having the best day, <laughs> but we've had times where people say, Hey brother, you were just kind of speaking to Tina really short last night. Like, what's mm-hmm. you guy's okay? Was it just having a bad day? Were you, are you guys okay? You know, and they would check in. Yeah. Would say, Thanks for bringing that up. And I'm, I'm sorry, you know, in a way that you saw that, but I'm glad you did because you got to check my heart. Yep. And I know that freaks people out, but that's part of like, I want the gospel. I need, we need the gospel being applied in real time like that.
1: To the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors
2: probably
0: forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Caesar Kalinowski.
1: Okay, how's it going this week? I am feeling like the luckiest boy in the world. I needed to get a little bit of writing done, working on a few projects that I'm pretty excited about, both some resources and new books. And uh, I got to fly down here to Florida, kind of on the Mediterranean sort of Gulf side of life. That's what I think it's like the Mediterranean to me. And so that's where I'm getting to do this. And that's where I'm recording this podcast from this week. I'll tell you what, someone's got to live this rough life in the kingdom. And this week, it's me. I'm just really putting it in there for you. Anyway, I'm excited about it. I'm really having a blast and feeling blessed, and I'm excited for the projects that are getting finished up. I'll just quickly tell you a little bit about them. I'll just tease you a little bit. I'm rewriting the story-formed way, our, our story of God materials. Not completely, just sort of giving them a freshen up, making sure that they're as fluent as possible in the dialogue parts and all that. So that's getting finished up this week. I'm also finishing up a book on how we do cigars in theology. Kind of looking for a name for that, by the way. They kind of work out the whole process for exactly how when we get guys together, you don't have to have cigars uh, or any of that, but we call it that here. And and we, how do we walk through any topic and discuss how the gospel speaks into it? It's powerful. It's really cool. I've actually done some training on this before. And uh, anyway, I'm finally putting out a little guide, a little book, so others can do it as well. Trying to figure out what to call that. If you want to hop into the Facebook group this week and let me know, that'd be awesome. I got a couple other tricks up my sleeve I'm working on as well, but all those resources are going to be available at missiopublishing.com. That's the publisher we work with, and they kind of help support the Everyday Disciple podcast. So I hope that you'll jump in there and support them and check out these resources. But again, if you've got an idea for what I could call this Cigars and Theology book, I didn't want to call it just that because it's so much more. And I have a few ideas, but just hop into the Facebook group for Everyday Disciple. Just give me your ideas. I'd love to hear them. All right? Now, if you've not subscribed to the show, would you do that wherever you listen to podcasts, if they'll let you? And if you're an Apple user doing that on an Apple device, it's real easy to do. It'll take you a whole 30 seconds, and I would really appreciate it. And i love to read your review when it comes in. So if you'd stop for just a second, head on over Leave a review, few stars, whatever you feel makes sense. It would be an encouragement to me, and it'll help encourage others as well when they're looking for cool podcasts and help in making disciples. All right. Now, as we get started, I want to invite you to join me and my wife, Tina, in our Everyday Disciple Makers coaching experience, because we want to personally help you live a life of spiritual freedom that's released from a type of Christianity that many of us grew up with, that's really more behavioral modification and sin management while we wait for Jesus to get back. No one needs that. And so we want to help you set up a lifestyle of that and a full framework where you can experience relational peace with others and be set free to be and see the relationships in your life healed and naturally sharing the gospel with others as you disciple them from unbelief to belief. I want to give you a full framework for discipleship that fits everyday life, starting with yours and then others that you lead either in community or if you lead you want to lead your whole church this way no more guessing at what to do or how to lead others to make disciples we have done this in every imaginable context and we have all the resources and tools and the coaching to help you do that so you don't have to guess at it or go it alone now tina and i coaches a couple and this coaching experience will help you and your spouse get on the same page spiritually and missionally more than ever we hear that from the people we coach All the time and it really is true when we feel very close with these couples they really become family with us and it's a privilege to get to coach as a couple and coach couples on mission you're gonna grow in the ability to see and speak and experience the gospel and all the normal stuff of life it's what we call gospel fluency talk about it all the time here on the podcast now we opened up this new coaching for registration last month but we had to close it down for a while as we got everybody started all the people that signed up whole bunch of new couples But now for a short period here, we're reopening registration because we have a few spaces that we can put a few more couples into the coaching with us. You ready to get started? Well, if so, join me on a discovery call so I can get to know a bit of your story and your disciple-making journey so far and tell you a little bit about this coaching and see if it's a good fit for you. What do you say? Okay, there's a link to my personal calendar that I can give you, and all you have to do is go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash discovery, everydaydisciple.com forward slash discovery, and you can pick a time on my calendar that works for you. All right? Look forward to seeing you, and hopefully we can get going on this journey together. Now today, you're going to hear from some of my favorite people as we talk about how they've successfully integrated all of their family life and work and ministry into a natural lifestyle of disciple-making in community. I really could not think of anyone better to illustrate the fun and the woes and the joy and the triumphs and all of that of living as a family on mission. I think you're really going to enjoy this, and you're going to be encouraged. I know it. Notice how normal all of this sounds. The way they live, it's so normal. And yet what God is doing in their lives is way beyond normal. So let me go ahead and bring them on, and I'll introduce them to you.
0: Hey, guys. How's it going? Hi. Good to see you again. I get to see you quite often, obviously through coaching and other things. So just to kind of set the table a little bit, just give folks the basics of who you are, how long you've been married, your kids, their ages, all that kind of stuff, just so they kind of get an idea.
2: Sure. And so we're this is John and I'm Allison. We talked about this recently. We really consider ourselves disciple makers first, and some of the ways that we do that is through our marriage. We've been married. Almost 14 years. Thank you. Almost 14 years. We have two boys, fourth grade and second grade. They're almost 10 and eight coming up this spring. Um, we're also both teachers too. We teach in the community where we live. John right now teaches seventh grade, middle school. Very scary. And I'm a special education teacher. Wow. So those are some of the things. John also coaches basketball. So we've really leaned into connecting with the girls on his basketball team.
3: My serve as an elder also with the local church family. Uh, talking about things being normal. That's a big uh, normal part of our lives. Uh, All same. So, yeah. Yeah. Continue.
0: And you, were you on staff at that church? I know you used to be official. Voting. No, I
3: wasn't. I was with the same denomination as, mm. as them. And okay. so um, we've known each other, you know, for a while, been connected with them, but I was not on staff there
0: too. No. Gotcha. Well, tell us a little bit about, when was the first time the two of you sort of got hip to this idea of life in a missional community and making mm-hmm. disciples that way as a family with other families and all? When,
3: when did that first, when was your first try at that? You know, when did that yeah, start? I, so uh, that's actually a really long story, but I'm going to try to keep it brief. When <laughs> we were in college, well, I think it's a great example of that how normal it is. Yeah. When we were in college, I'd never heard the phrase missional community or anything even remotely like that enter. But just what the Holy Spirit did, He brought together a group, especially of nine people that were all in college together, and there's some other peripheral, but like nine kind of core people, and we shared life together. Uh, I mean, all the time. I mean, it was incredible, and the Lord led us to some outreach. Wow. You didn't have kids
0: yet. They didn't. Did, did yeah, no, anybody else okay. have
3: kids? Uh, no, just college so, students. Freedom. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. Yes, but at the same time, I mean, so many people said, like, we've never seen anybody doing what you guys are doing. I mean, to us, it wasn't weird. It was just, the Lord was just leading. I mean, you know, we hadn't learned what's next, in the Lord, or any of this stuff. It was just happening. The Spirit was just doing it. And uh, it was crazy. When I first heard about the phrase missional communities, was uh, I, I worked with a denomination called the Christian and Missionary Alliance uh, as a church planter. So I got some training with them, and I was actually connected with a guy named Reggie Screen, who knew a guy named Mike Breen, who you know, Caesar that, yeah. with 3DM. And so I got some, some introduction and training to this idea of missional communities. And that's when it hit me like, whoa, this was what God did with those people in college. Like we had no names for it or anything, but that's exactly what was happening. Yeah. And so that was really helpful. And it was helpful to put some names and some sort of intentionality to things that were just happening organically. Because once we got married and we had kids and all that, it took more intentionality than in college when we had all that freedom
0: yeah and you know what i I totally get that because I know for us bef- that, that term missional community is relatively newer per se, and people call it all kinds of things, and that's fine, whatever. but I remember as we really got deeper into this in the early soma years and started really multiplying and quantifying the teachings and all we realized, hey, we've been doing a whole lot of this stuff intuitively as we read the book of Acts and didn't know what else to do and lived as missionaries, but we didn't know what to call it, and we had a lot of holes in the program, and it didn't you know always go well so Um, so how how about like now as a married couple and family, tell us a little about your first attempt or or is it right now the community you have right now? Is this your first missional community? I know it's been going on a while, or did you have one prior and and different things?
2: Our um like third uh round, I would say. Um we tried, we had a pilot group that we called it. Um, and it was actually really beautiful what the Lord was working on in everybody. And I said, This is like when we were in college with that group of people it was wonderful um and then we multiplied and it had and then there's always that kind of um growth growing pains the second group oh it's just not as good as the first group and we those, love us
3: yeah, yeah right yeah <laughs> that's
2: right. right
3: so that was that was when when i was pastoring is when this was happening so right uh, how yeah, long ago was, were we talking Oh, goodness gracious, I don't know when that started, probably June. Our,
2: our youngest is about to turn eight, so that seven, seven years
3: ago. Yeah, probably okay. seven-ish years ago. And uh, yeah, so it was hard because it was very much like a, I don't know, a program of the church, um, for lack of a better term. And uh, that first pilot group was all about it as a program. And as long as we were hosting it at our house and everything, and it was on Tuesday night, you know, it was mm-hmm. good. And then as I grew in my own understanding and, and both of us, uh, well, part of the fall here is it was really just me at this point. Um, I also was just kind of alone for the ride, which was a mistake. Um, but then when it was like, okay, no, we're expecting, uh, and I shoulded this a lot wrongfully, um, for you guys to do this in your own homes and stuff. That was like, whoa, that was too much. you know. Uh, as long as it was us at our house, because that was the pastor. Well, you that's what pastor yeah. does. And then it got a lot harder. Our second sort of iteration was a lot better as far as ownership and connection. Um, and then uh, again, too much shooting and too much doing and not enough being and all that. And, uh, but that's okay. God, you know, use that. And there's people all over the world now that their lives were changed from that time with us together. And, uh, now in our third iteration, we are learning the slowest best and slowest bit. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and you it- know, that's a pretty normal, I think, trajectory of, trying things out and they don't go hundred percent perfect, but God still uses them. And we always we're always trying to quantify how everybody else's lives were affected or changed by it. And yet God's like, but I love you as much. Just, just so you know, most of what's going on has a lot to do with what I'm doing in your life, you
3: know? Yeah. And
0: and yet God continues to glorify himself in ways that we would never expect as we're maturing. I know we had the same thing. Our first attempt at really, and I've I've talked about it, written about it, our first attempt at really trying to take our church small group, which was a program of the church and really, and they were like our besties and they loved it. And they were all intrigued by what I was doing internationally. I said, well, we're going to live more like that. They're like, yes, we will. Let's do that. And then once we started trying, they're like, yeah, but on Saturday, like we're kind of busy and you know, (laughs) and so, but we, we learned forward and that was the case. And I think it's actually been the case with every community and, and we're, we're different too at different ages and stages of life and all. So. You know, that's, I think that's pretty normal. You know, I appreciate you saying that. So, um, so I think
2: this, this round, this iteration, the third one is really different because when we started, um, John was still pastoring. And so this time we're both teachers now. So really, uh, co-vocational is what one of your podcast episodes talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, we have full-time jobs. Yeah, we got um, the
3: same responsibilities as everybody else. It's not like I get to, you know, go to my office and think about this all day,
2: right? No, it's, right. It's, so, really what's some
0: of the rhythms now of your community life? Like right now, the the mission community you have now, yes. and the folks that are part of that. What are what, are, what are kind of? And, and I know they're all different, but what are oh, some yeah, of right. normal weekly rhythms? Yeah, or see each other. What's that look like?
3: Yeah, our typical, you know, kind of regular things are Thursday evenings. We get together um, for kind of a little more. Bible study type time. Um, it actually rarely ends up being Bible study, but it's a little more kind of like just the group, so to speak, um, that typically. And then on Sunday afternoons, actually today, uh, we have uh, more like an open table set up. Uh, and a varying degree. And by open table,
0: you're saying it's the community, but it's also any people of peace or anybody. Yeah, who wants it's open. To
3: come. Yeah, everybody knows on Sunday afternoon, anybody could show up. You don't have any idea. We try to communicate with our neighbors that so they're welcome anytime. Anybody in the community might bring yep. anybody. Uh, right, right now, everybody's actually going to be late today because they're helping someone who's putting new flooring in their house, and they're all unloading a truck at the, my truck. They borrowed my truck to get the stuff, and then they're <laughs> unloading it at this moment. So. Yeah, and then outside of that, uh just some specific examples. Yesterday some people went to watch the new Batman movie from our community. I don't know, we have it feels like almost every day. We're doing laundry right now. If you can hear oh. crazy noise in the background.
2: So one go of ahead. the girls in our visual community dropped off her laundry and she's feeling sick. So I'll bring your laundry, I'll bring it back to you tonight. That's going on over there right now. Yeah,
3: so that stuff is We've like done plenty say, of that. And show for people. And you know, yes, the- yes. <laughs> rarely does a day go by that people from our discipling co- or our, our mission community. Uh sorry, the language is different with our couple, good. But if, you know how it goes uh, all with good. our mission community. Um rarely does a day go by that people are are connected and doing something. But Sunday afternoon and Thursday night are like specifically scheduled things.
0: Now I there's a couple of, I think important things there to kind of point out and just make sure that folks catch. For one, um there it is a time that you guys are, as a believing part of the community, together to pray, bind each other up, maybe study the word, go through story, whatever it would be. And then there's also a very intentional additional like open table time so that you can still be together. But it's also that high invitation, low challenge, come on in. We're not going to, if you bring in your friend or your sister or your neighbor, it's not going to be some weird bait and switch and everybody hold hands and you know, stick out your tongue, you know, like, you know, like, it's like, it's <laughs> going to be fun and normal, but there's both a and rhythms and it doesn't always start that way, but we have found in our community, exact same things over and over many times with lots of people, it kind of start out as a more of a weekly meeting, but over time you realize, well, we need a way to have our friends and the neighbors over where, right. you know, they're, they're not ready for, you know, a deep Bible study or the stuff we're talking about. And we don't want them to feel like targets and and then there's all that other rhythms that start to pick up. We talk about the organized and the organic. And you guys talk about just two organized things there, but look at all the organics that you just, and that's the stuff that sounds fun. Now, others are hearing this though going, so your
3: small group is in your
0: life all that much?
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. It really, yeah, really yeah.
3: Yes, they are. And, w- and it's a huge blessing. Uh, I just so to encourage parents, because I know a lot of parents don't yeah. well, We haven't paid for a babysitter. Golly, probably seven years. Yeah. (laughs) Because we're all, yeah, right. We're all serving and helping and loving and we babysat other people's kids and they've watched our kids, you know, like all this. We cut each other's grass sometimes. I mean, so like, I mean, nobody's keeping record of like, well, I did this for you. So you'll do this for me. But everyone's that's not what family
0: does. Family's not keeping track. I, you know, my son just left with his two boys and it wasn't like, okay, so. You know, this weekend, grandpa probably put in this many hours, so you owe me that many hours of uh, right, weeding. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on over and weed next
3: week. <laughs> right. Yes. You're right. I, so we feel like we get to, we, we've gotten that language from you, and we try to really communicate that, and our community has really received that well that we get to, and so people appreciate the opportunities. And it's actually really funny. It makes people uncomfortable. New people are to, to our community, how much people want to bless them they get kind of uncomfortable with it because like a lot of people are used to that reciprocal, well, you do this for me, then I'll do yep. this for you. And it, we've just, we just had it. We were just with a couple yesterday that like are really kind of uneasy about, well, I don't know why everyone keeps doing stuff for us. It's like, well, we just love you. We get the opportunity. Uh, so that's been a fun part. of That's team. what a family that has
0: got as their daddy and Jesus as their brother gets to live like. <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: And I would say our children have really, um, There's, it's such a special place for them to grow it, grow up in, with this large community around our family. Yeah. That the boys, they get excited they about specifically Thursdays and specifically Sundays. But when nobody's come to our house in a day or two, they just go, ah, when when is someone going to visit? Where are (laughs) our friends? Who can we play with? Whether it's the other children and honestly the other adult. And so that also goes for those adults in our community also see us parents. They see our marriage. yeah. Um, And we're really uh, open. We're really open in, we had a fight. This is what our fight was about. One time we were having a fight as people were arriving.
0: Heck yeah.
2: And and I finished this (laughs) later. And John said, no, it would be good to finish this now in front of our family, our community coming in. And I said, I hate that you're right, but let's do it. And we had it out. In front of our our people arriving.
3: As people came in, I would say, welcome, we're in a fight. And we would just keep on going Yeah. whatever we we're talking
0: about. Boy, oh boy. I know yeah. that that just sounds horrible to some folks, but that is the best possible thing you can do. Yeah. It's but, like, we're not hiding the fact that we're real and we disagree. And sometimes we don't have our best right. attitude going forward or believe in the truth. So we might as well finish this in front of you, however, that's going to go, right. you know? And we've had yeah. times exactly like that. And we've had times, too, where, like, people could just kind of read the room like myself or someone else was like, you know, not in a great mood or whatever, which, you know, that's normal. We're not all having the best day. Like, whatever happened to, like, you kind of had a bad day yesterday, didn't you? Yeah. Like, whatever happened to just getting to have a bad day? But you can't, you know. And <laughs> But we've had times where people say, hey, brother, you kind of you were just kind of speaking to Tina really short last night. Like, what's mm-hmm. you guys okay? Was it just having a bad day? Were you, you guys okay? You know, and they would check in. Now, yeah. say, thanks for bringing that up. And I'm, I'm sorry, you know, in a way that you saw that, but I'm glad you did. Cause you got to check my heart and yeah. I know that freaks people out, but that's part of like, I want the gospel. I need, we need the gospel being applied in real time like that. So we're yeah. both displaying it. That's another one of those examples of like, yeah, this is how are we blessing everybody else? And God's like, no, you need to finish this now. And you need to have the accountability of a family that loves you to death and you don't get to sweep stuff under the carpet and say, so, oh, ah, there's no big deal. With
3: it. Of course. Yes, so true. That's uh, just, that just makes me think of something that has been huge in this most recent iteration to maybe encourage other people. One of the first things we talked about with this group, like, and again, I got this straight from you, Caesar, uh, and Jeff, really too, Vanderstel, is that we're all non-believers. We're all struggling to believe, uh, in, and hopefully, we're in a place where we've submitted our lives to Jesus and we're believers, you know, in that sort of big B sense or whatever. But, but yeah. I struggle to believe the gospel at every moment. And, and that all the rest of us do too. And what freedom there is and just leaning into the fact that that's true and allowing other people to say, hey, please speak into the places where I'm not believing because I need the help and, I, and please give me the freedom to speak into where you're not believing. And it's helped so much for people to feel comfortable with just like, you know, I don't have a tough time with that, you know, and it's all our times when we do Bible study and stuff is so much more rich. Cool. It's just wonderful.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's a key thing too, is when you actually live on mission, you, you, you need the word of God, you desire it. You, you need prayer. You want, you know, like when you, it's, it's kind of like training for, you know, a race or whatever. I'm not Mr. Athlete, but I have run some, you know, like five K's and things like that. When I know I got a five K coming and all the family and friends and community are going to be there, like cheering me on as I come in, like way behind the dads pushing their strollers and stuff. Yeah. Like I train differently. And it's mm-hmm. kind of the same thing. When you actually live the life God calls you to, in his power and control, he's, he's going, boy, you're going to want to be fed. Like Jesus is, you know, I, I, the word of God, I don't have the word is my food. You know, it's like, yeah, uh-huh. I need that constant gospel reminder and application in my heart. Oh, so let me go back to the kids for just a second. Let me ask oh, yeah. you a question about the kids. So um, what are some of the things that your kids are, so obviously they're, I'm guessing they're involved in when you have a community over those two organized times. What are other things that the kids are engaged in that the community is involved in as part of discipleship, but your kids are like right there in tow? Yeah. And, and how does that always, does that always work good? Because I know some people are going to say, how do you do this <laughs> with kids though? Like, do we just put them in a room and
3: throw a video on or? You know? Yeah, right. We try our best to uh, include our kids in everything that we're doing. Uh, I mean, literally, with extremely few exceptions. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I'm sure there have been. Um, the marriage bed. I
0: always, always tell yeah, them other than taking them to the work, maybe every, you know, and then the marriage bit. Other than that, you can pretty much have the
3: community and the
0: kids involved, yeah?
3: Yeah, that's right. So they're in the mix. Um, It's really fun, especially our open table times, um, to see them wrestle through the same things we do where we'll say, hey, why don't you guys invite these neighbors over that they love to play with? And they're like, well, but these people are coming. And then it's hard that when we get these kids together with these kids, because they're different age and just like, I don't know. They're you know. thinking through that same dynamic. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And uh, so that's fascinating. And, oh, cool. and it's fun to let them listen to the spirit themselves mm-hmm. to say, and maybe it's time to invite those people. And maybe it's not. You know, we sort of trusted them sometimes to say, okay, maybe, you know, you guys need some time with just sort of, I don't know, your believing friends, so to speak, uh, to kind of hang out. So that's been a fun adventure. Um, Just having kids, their sports teams and stuff are always a big, Anytime they're playing a sport or something, that's a huge, our whole community, like go to each other's games and all that kind of stuff. And we really try to work intentionally in that. And our boys are always, you know, they know the kids. So they're kind of gauging who seems like they might be a person of peace and who, you know, and we try our best to use that same language stuff that we would with adults with them the same way. Uh, And sometimes they, you know, they're getting in. Sometimes they're like, you know, they don't
2: know. Our nine-year-old is really um, having fun with us with get to and not should or have to. Oh,
0: Uh,
2: And so he's really testing the boundaries on that. He said, well, I don't have to do this. I said, yeah, you're right. You don't have to do that. Sometimes there's some consequences that come from that. Um, You get to do that. And I think that that brings life and not death to you. So (laughs) let's talk about this, you know. Um, But he's really... uh, I am so thankful that he's wrestled through that at nine years old, um, knowing that we did that in our thirties, you know, so really (laughs) thankful.
0: And what a difference it will be because of his understanding of his identity and just the way that our family treats everyone like family. And like you're already saying, they're like, when there's not people around for a couple of days, they're like, Hey, where's everybody at? You know, Mm -hmm. our kids were the exact same way with all that. And even people living in the home, because we throughout our life and our marriage, we had people living with us a lot and so then if it went like too long they'd be like and they're you know they're like us they're like when maybe a family would move out that's been with us for three months or six months they might be going like okay good i can get back to not having all my toys broke you know what i mean it's human (laughs) right right? but then like a few months you know go by or even weeks they'd be like how come no one's living here you know Mm -hmm. and even just this morning my my four-year-old grandson um who doesn't live with us but you know he's part of the oikos he's part of the extended family he's like jaja he calls me jaja it's polish for grandpa he's like jaja come here and he takes my finger and he takes me to the dining room and he goes when can we have a feast again and i go like, oh, I'm like what do you mean because where well, there's all the people and all the good foods and i said oh yeah and so he's thinking back to some of the larger holidays and then mm-hmm. and then so we were so well let's do it soon and we don't have to wait for christmas or something you know christmas. we will do it all the time right. actually and so then his his papa, my son said who do you want to invite to the feast well he starts ripping through it's the oikos you know mm-hmm. what i mean and it's including people who aren't blood but they're part sure. of the whole rhythms and he's getting to know them and then he's naming off other kids you know and same thing four yeah so mm-hmm. they do and people think oh well but you know like well you have to have your alone time and you have to have boundaries and all yeah we get to and we spend yeah. a lot of the weekend with just me and the two boys and my son and Tina and all, but then the cousins were around and there's other kids in the neighborhood and they're playing in the yards and, you know, you know what I mean? And it's that there again, it's that normalcy of the whole thing with greater gospel intentionality. Yeah, And I I think that still sums it up so good. It's kind of like normal everyday life, but there's a gospel intentionality. So there's some organized stuff, not that much. And then there's lots of organics, which, I think the more you love God and the more you love people, the more you make space for that. And then the richer your life gets and you go, yeah, we get to. You know, burn
2: yeah. Burn. Exactly. What are yeah. some
0: of the things that uh, you guys over the years have had to uh, die to a little bit, you know, like personal preference wise and all that. Cause I talked a little bit about that Tina. And I shared a little bit about some of the stuff that, maybe to live like a family on mission. There's, and you know, we have a pretty long list of stuff that you might have to put back on the altar for God to sanctify, you know, <laughs> what are some of the things? Cause we, you know, we have personal preferences or the way we were raised or the way church was always, what are some of the things you guys think of when I ask that? Like maybe, and I'm not saying you're doing perfect. You went from yeah. death to blood, but like, what are some of the things you've had to like die to or put on the altar?
2: Yeah. And for me, it was my clean house mm. that, I wanted everything perfect when people arrived and I wanted a, a beautiful meal and flowers on the table. And when we were like young married or the boys were really little, we couldn't afford that. And I remember when, again, before we had learned more about initial communities, I had told John, John, we can't have people over. We just can't afford it. And we both kind of slumped our shoulders. We thought that doesn't seem right, but like you can't afford it. You can't afford it. And so some of the things now- Or you think
3: you can't afford it. Mm-hmm. You're right. That's true. Yes. But, but God is good, so we don't have to look elsewhere.
2: There you go. And I um, I don't have to put on a fancy meal. One, because that's so stressful, everybody. No kidding. Uh, it, it can be really stressful. And my house doesn't have to look perfect um, for people to arrive. Um, my house is actually erect over there and we're having everybody over this afternoon, they don't care. And it's so freeing to realize it's about the people and loving them and not about my junk over there (laughs) for them. Yeah, like
0: no one's walking in and going like to their spouse, like, did you notice there was like a, there was a Hot Wheel under the couch. (laughs) You
2: know? It's a little worse than that right now. Let me (laughs) know. i us try to go. (laughs) Yeah, you got it. Yeah, so my clean house and, um. We we do get our house ready because we're excited for people to come. We want to prepare our home for them. So there's that aspect. We do clean. We do make food for people. um, And making food looks a lot different now. Um, I really thought that we had to afford all the food when people would come for meals.
3: That we should provide everything.
2: Right. That that was the most generous and the most loving and giving. And what we do now is everybody brings a piece of the meal. Or sometimes we'll prepare it all together. The night before, you know, you drop off the ground feed, you bring the beans or I do the big part and they bring all the side stuff, you know, for that. Yeah,
0: you're working it out exactly like a family. That sounds just like when we have Team K family dinner night It's exactly Mm -hmm. the same. And it's like, well, I'll bring such and such, but I can't get to the store today. I'm going, I'll pick it up for you. And then they Venmo each other. or You know what I mean? It just works itself out. It was the same when Tina and I were living in New York. Um and it was a very, very different set of rhythms in Manhattan. And uh, there was no kids in that missional community. They, it was just, everybody right. was like 20 somethings, 30 somethings working 80 hours a week. It was a very different set of rhythms that you know developed and then got reshaped. But it was the same thing. People would be like, Hey, could you pick that up? Cause I'm going to work late, but I don't want, you know, like I'm, I was doing the, the lasagna this week. And so that can't come an hour late or half hour late. So uh, what if I drop it off the night before and then would you put it in the oven or even then we'd get in the text and say, well, just stop by early. We'll throw it in our oven. You know, it just Definitely. works itself out.
2: Yes. Yeah. But if and if you feel like want... you're treating
0: everybody like a guest at a restaurant showing up and, you know, you, you, am I going to get my Michelin stars this week? And I'll them You're going to kill yeah. yourself. Yeah, you know?
2: absolutely. And that idea of wanting this to be a rhythm and wanting this to be um, called repeatable
3: predictable pattern
2: a predictable reproducible yeah i uh, i want to model for the other people in our group that this isn't hard for me this isn't stressful for me one i've practiced it i've gotten better at it i've improved um but it doesn't have to be overwhelming it doesn't yeah it Doesn't have to be overwhelming it shouldn't be overwhelming
3: yeah. yeah but for me what i've had to die to as i'm trying to talk over i washing machine in the background hopefully you can hear that um but uh is very different from allison i'm uh apostle probably be shepherd teacher i'm on the apostle side of that i want to go 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 and do and move and mm. just it's all organic you know and and i'm bad my personality is i'm the engine of the train and if there's no cars behind me that's okay because i'm still going on uh, and i've had to die to that uh with mission community mm. that like we're going to get together on thursday we're going to get together on sunday we're gonna uh talk about multiplication like a family would talk about multiplying and not like a business would start a new franchise. Uh, And that's been challenging for me because I just want to do and go and like, you've got it, do your thing. And I'd rather not have any plans because that's going to slow us down. But I've learned that it's important to have plans and to uh, love people and not just try to accomplish a task.
0: So multiplication, you're saying, is a a family situation, not like like hey kids uh, happy birthday you just turned 18 and like what, what's all that that's all your stuff it's stacked out front for you you're moving you out today because you're eight. we are yeah. i am <laughs> you didn't talk about that you never yes. mentioned it you know yeah
3: mm-hmm. exactly and that's right, you yeah. know
0: that's the thing we've learned a lot too is that if, if you if you build a community with the expectation that we're going to grow and multiply apply, and you're going to get equipped and that there's going to be stuff we're modeling that you might not even know and then at times we're going to say hey i i well, I'm going to start mauling you. Yeah. So I want you to start paying attention to a couple of things. Cause I think down the road, you're probably going to be hosting a, you know, an open table. We'd sure like to pray through that with you and help you with that. And th- those kinds of things. So I think when you, we, we use the term, raise the kids to move out. Like they knew, <laughs> like you're always welcome. And some of them have come back and been, you know, here and all that moved back in. But the expectation was grow up and have a family and multiply out and just trust God for all that. And, you know, also... Yeah. I think it's healthy and it's good. So what would be, uh, as we kind of wrap this up, what would be your encouragement to others who are, you know, they're sort of kicking the tires of whatever they call missional community, discipleship, whatever it is, but they're going like, for us, it's still way more of a like boxed, uh, organized rhythm and doesn't have maybe the fluidity and the organics just yet. What would be some, just your encouragements to folks to say this is a family thing. You get yes. to go for it. You know the,
3: the first thing that I would say is don't add anything. I, I think a lot of people feel like they need to add stuff. My encouragement would be invite people into whatever, anything possible that you're already doing, including, like you mentioned, work. If you have a job that's, it's possible for other people to come, see if somebody wants to come and hang out. If you got, you eat oh, yeah. lunch. Lots of city. yard
0: work and painting and stripping and stacking yeah. and dump runs have been part of our community forever. Yeah,
3: right. I mean, literally anything, anything that you're doing. If you're going to go watch a movie, see if somebody else in the, you know, in your community or whoever, maybe they're not in your community, somebody that you know, anything you're already doing. And then as other people hopefully invite you to be a part of what they're doing, try to make an effort to do that. You know, uh, not something you got to commit to every single week, but if another guy's like, hey, uh, could you help me unload some stuff like Arden's type of community is doing right now? Right, yeah, you know, I'll be there. Try to make an effort. Uh, and before you know it, I think you'll start to see, wow, this is really nice. And it actually is really freeing and takes burden off instead of really burdensome and difficult.
0: That's key. See, because many hands make light work. And, and so we all kind of weigh out like like and make decisions based on what will be the least painful. And for some people, it's less painful to kill themselves and work all weekend long doing something alone than it would be to say, hey, you guys want to give me a hand on that? And we'll have some pizza and beer afterwards. For some people, it's just, it's just easier to do it alone. And that's a fear of man issue. That's a gospel mm-hmm. issue. That's all that. But once once you kind of let God just show his love and his approval and you don't have to earn it. And you certainly can't earn it or prove, you know, just rake in your own yard. It's like, you know, a month of raking or whatever. Boy, boy life gets a lot easier. Many hands mm-hmm. make light work. And I think that's why we live, have lived so uh, relishing this life in community. Because I'll be honest with you, it's fun. But it wouldn't be if we were just like up till midnight cleaning, but that's never the case. Everybody wants to help and everybody's in and they're bringing food and they're packing up the leftovers and you know, all, normal. It's just, it's normal, yeah. eh? you know? Yeah. Well, this has been super helpful and encouraging. I'm sure just to add that layer of normalcy to it yeah. for folks. So thanks again for sharing your life and all that. I really appreciate it.
2: Thanks.
1: Wow, love those guys so much. As Tina and I have got to know John and Allison through coaching with them, I continue to be impressed by how they naturally roll all the stuff that comes up in life. Job changes and challenges, politics and ministry locally, leading their missional community, that's up and down all over the place, all while being great parents. And I have to be honest, all while doing it with great joy. They're having a lot of fun, and we've watched them grow immensely in their gospel fluency and the ability to see discipleship happen all the normal rhythms and conversations of their life. It's been amazing. It's beautiful, and I think it's a living example of what we read about in the book of Acts chapter 2. And I hope you're really encouraged by that. We all get to live this way. We really do. Okay, it's time to give you the big three takeaways from today's topic. If nothing else, and it's hard to boil these down, but you don't want to miss these three. And you can get a printable PDF of the big three as a free download by going to everydaydisciple.com forward slash Big three, B-I-G-3. Now, here's the big three for this week. Number one, don't miss the normalcy of all this, all done with greater gospel intentionality. See, all the normal stuff of life with greater gospel intentionality. They have a family, jobs, and kids. They're serving locally at their church. They're not programming life event to event. Most of it is people stopping by or having meals because they feel like part of the family. And heads up, What isn't good for you and life-giving is not good for those people who you're trying to lead and hoping to disciple. Yeah, if it's not good for you and doesn't fit your life, it's not good for them either. But what is good for you is good for your people of peace and those you're trying to disciple. In fact, living this way takes the pressure off. Yeah, it really does. Number two, everyone gets to do mission in ways that fit their unique family rhythms. So don't think yours has to sound like mine or John and Allison's or anyone else's. There is not one perfect way to do this. And God is not up in heaven keeping track of your schedule and how hard you're working at mission. You get to pray for his leading on how you can better intentionalize life on mission for your family. I promise if you ask him, what's next, Lord? What's the very next thing you want us to do? He will tell you. Then just do that and ask him again. And number three, What are some things that you may have to lay down or trust God with in order to live more on mission as a family? Maybe you need to lay down this idea of a spotless house or perfectly behaved kids or control over your time and calendar outside of trusting God with it all. Let me suggest you pick one predictable pattern that you can begin to invite others to join you in. It's a great way to get started. Maybe it's an open table or a s'mores night around the fire pit. You'll figure it out perhaps inviting one couple or family over for dinner each week on a predetermined night that easily fits your schedule. Pick one, make it a predictable pattern, something that's easy to remember for you and others, and get started. Okay, I hope this whole episode's been as encouraging for you as it has been for me. And I hope you'll join me again next week and every week as we continue to look at how discipleship fits into all of life and how you can lead others in this way of life, making it fun and reproducible as you go. All right? I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on this show and to get loads of free discipleship resources, visit everydaydisciple.com. And remember,
3: you really can live with the spiritual freedom and relational peace that Jesus promised every day.